All right. Well, welcome back to another exciting episode of I Think I Saw That, the movie podcast where one of us is remembering many things about the movie that he saw and one of us <laughs> is not remembering much. So, <laughs> Way to drop the hint. <laughs> hi, I'm Roger. And I'm Marcy. And we'll let you, fair listeners, so we don't want to give too much away in terms of hints, we'll let you decide who falls into which one of those two categories if you're new to the podcast. It's not the him. Um, and uh, if you are new to the podcast, we can use all the listeners we can get. So by all means, go online, rate, review us, get us more subscribers. We need oh, more subscribers all the time. Marcy says I'm allowed to do that. All right. Well, we're very excited to be back. We are going to be watching a movie tonight that is entirely about dandelions. No. No, that's not true. Would, but would We've you, been having a long conversation would about you, dandelions today. I think this movie is going to be very engaging, and I don't know that it's going to give us as much opportunity for a lot of um, tangents or side uh, sidetracking. So would you like to tell us, you, give us your hot take on dandelions before we get into the meat of the show? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in agreement in our family that the yellow... Um, phase of the dandelion the flower phase is the best and that we quite like that but once it goes to seed and it's just left as a bedraggled stalk it looks like an eyesore you think that our youngest son thinks that the yellow phase is the best yeah i mean he likes to kick over the stalks but he did say that they were also an eyesore it's a classic dilemma the most fun part of the dandelion is the part that causes the most hardship yeah. and strife. But he also said that if he grows up to be a scientist, he wants to invent a chemical that will kill only the dandelion. That um, so <laughs> that level of homicidal aggression, that's very much on brand for him, so that's <laughs> right. good. But at least it's targeted. Herbicidal aggression. Roger. Oh, that's true. You're right. It is it's herbicidal aggression. against the humans. Not this time. Well, okay, so we're back. If you're still listening, we appreciate that. Um, we are here tonight. I'm very excited about this. I expect you to stay awake for both the pre-show and the post-show this pumped, time. Except for my whole body being exhausted, but I'm ready. But to your go. mind, your mind is sharp. My mind yes. is super okay, sharp. That's good. It except is... for I'm half, pro, I'm half lying down right now. It's uncluttered. <laughs> Why are you making excuses already? You, you need to raise the bar, not oh, figure out oh, ways to lower okay, it. Okay, I see. All right. Well, it's it's certainly uncluttered by alcohol. Oh yeah, that's not. Happening we haven't right been now. drinking while we've been doing the podcast anymore. Well, it's Why been it's been well now it's Sunday night and you have to work in the morning. I think I can handle whatever we've been drinking so far since I've so far had zero reaction to anything yeah. I drank the morning after. I can't seem to fall asleep after I drink anything, so it becomes annoying. I don't. I like the experience of drinking things. You do. I think so. Um, I definitely liked the the moonshiny root beer thing mm, that, that was we got tasty. from our friend. Yes. Undisclosed. Good name. job, Marcy. That not, is a nice job. Yeah. That friend doesn't listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and I also liked the things that were like a sunset. Um. With gin. You're going to like this drink that I'm going to tell you about tonight. You're going to wish that you were drinking it right now. Okay. All right. Well, I I am very excited to talk about this movie tonight that I haven't actually named yet. We tonight are going to be discussing the 1995, I would say, action thriller, Crimson Tide. So, 
let us begin as we usually do with the IMDb summary. What do you think, Marcy? One sentence or two? One. You're right. Yeah. Here we go. On a U.S. nuclear missile sub, a young first officer stages a mutiny to prevent his trigger-happy captain from launching his missiles before confirming his orders to do so. Wow, there's some pronoun confusion in that sentence. Yeah. But, uh... Young first officer. Do you think Denzel Washington looks young in this movie? Yes. You do? Yeah. Well, I mean, How com- young would you Compared think? to Gene Hackman... I think he's 30. Like, compared to Gene Hackman, Abe Vigoda looks young. Like, yeah, he's like, a first officer, though. Don't you think that's going to take some years? To I do. be a first officer. That's why young is not the phrase I would typically attach to well, Denzel Washington, especially in this movie. This movie is what like... What do you think? This movie is after Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, it's after Glory. I would say, I mean, I don't know how long. Here, I'll do a little bit of research. 30, how, how old do you think Denzel Washington actually was when he did this movie? I'm going to guess 30. You're going to guess he was 30? Yeah. Marcy, he was 41. Shut up. He was born in 1954. That's crazy. And I think in this movie, I'm going to guess he's playing someone who is in their early 30s at the at the youngest. Wow. Yeah, I would not describe this person as the young. I mean, to become the executive officer on a nuclear submarine. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this the person who's writing this is wrong. Denzel Washington is not the first officer. He's the executive officer. Maybe those are the same things. Naval listeners, write in to our mailbox that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Post your comments with your review and explain to us just how wrong I am about nautical naval rankings and terminology but we'll get more into that in a little bit so let us turn to our best segment the drunken food no (laughs) i was just i came up with that on the spot could you tell i would like to just note that you and i are in the same color coordination white blue white how'd we do that that's amazing it's nautical too it's not really. It is very nautical. What you think I look like the little sailor boy? Uh, In what way is it nautical? You have a pirate parrot on your shirt. You are prepared. You know how there a lot no, of times there are no pirates in this movie. You know how a lot of times you put on a t-shirt that represents the activity that you're going to do that day. That's not a lot of times. You, it's just that I have a very small number of activities that I do, and some of them have t-shirts that go along well, with them. Well, today you Board picked games a pirate parrot shirt. It actually had nothing to do with the movie. Senior carnival, yeah. Of, all, anyway, the, of all the tangents we've gone on. You're dressed for success, Roger. I love That it. one ranks low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed for success. Yeah. All right. Let's. And these are some lovely shorts that you picked out for me. Yeah, I know you've done well. Then we dress you as usual. They do make my body feel like it's in a bit of a straitjacket. But I, <laughs> I, I hear that the ladies. I find appreciate that exciting. it from the outside. Well, that's that's, that's all I'm going for. It's all attractive. right. Yeah. So we're here at the cruising pit, which is where we discuss um, the things that. We used to drink, but no longer drink with the movie anymore, <laughs> and have never eaten with the movie. But I actually think both of these would have been good choices to consume tonight. So um, we'll go to the cruise first, which is our drink, which is named in honor of Tom Cruise and the movie Cocktail. Um, so I looked around for a lot of different drinks, and I found, of course, one called the Nuclear Submarine. Oh, how fun. Here's the Nuclear Submarine. I really think you would like it. It's four ounces of gin. 
I like gin. Two ounces of ginger ale mm. and tonic water. Mix and serve in a highball. All right. I think you would like that. I think it would put you on the floor because it's two thirds alcohol. But, uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll try that. We've got summer coming up. We can make a. Maybe you could try that. Well, well you what, don't like gin. What do you think you would call the rum? If I were to substitute rum for the gin, what do you think would be a good name for that drink? So you'd have rum, ginger ale, and tonic water? Tonic water. Well, that sounds like it wouldn't go well together. It can't be any worse than the gin. <laughs> well, I want to call that the. I'm gonna call the sailor that, boy. Well, I would call it the Jolly Roger, but that's like already the name for like a thing, isn't it? I don't know. Everything's already a thing. I'm gonna call that the Jolly Roger because it's got rum, which means it should have and like a piratey name. For Roger. Right. The Jolly Roger. Are you jolly? I am right now because I'm doing a podcast with you. <laughs> and for the pit which is our food why do we call it the pit marcy because brad pitts eats everything like huge bites of everything i'm so hungry right now i don't know if i can handle you talking to me about food Mm, you're gonna have a hard time with this because it's delicious oh so good yes uh if 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 brad pitt could get his hands on these he would so this is submarine food no, it's not. So there oh, is there is a there is a scene you. in this movie where they are in the officers' mess and they are consuming dinner. But I I usually like so just to to go behind the scenes, fair listeners, to do a little bit of you know seeing what happens. I do hours and hours of prep for each one of these episodes. Actually, it's more like minutes and minutes. <laughs> and my first go to is to just Google food in title okay. of movie here, which I always do because there are some foods that's that are nice. just naturally yes use i know the internet i know how to use google thank you <laughs> um but there were no nobody has actually done any publicizing about what food they're actually eating in this so then i just started exploring and i have for you these are brown butter lobster roll subs wow eight to ten ounces of lobster meat yes. two new england style rolls which is the hot dog roll that's Cut on the created top. stupidly. Yeah. Um, three ounces of three or sorry, three tablespoons of butter divided. What does that mean? Divided. It's because you're gonna set, you're gonna put it into different things. Okay. You're gonna use some of it for this. Oh, and some I see. Of it for that. Thank you. And a lemon. So, yeah. So it says here in a skillet, you split the rolls and grill them until they're golden brown, and then in a separate skillet, you. Um, you basically, oh, you have turned the two tablespoons of butter into brown butter. Have you ever made brown butter? Not on purpose. <laughs> well, in this case, you're supposed to. So basically, yeah. you make the two tablespoons of butter into brown butter, and then you toss in the lobster meat and toss quickly to coat. Put the lobster meat in. Oh, this, now I'm getting hungry. This sounds That's really so good. good. I would love to have this. All right. You know why they make a New England um, hot dog roll that way, right? Because they don't know how to make them? No, it's so you can put lobster meat in it and it doesn't fall over. That is not why they make rolls that way. It is for reals. It's so it looks good because you can open it up and then you've got this whole slew of lobster meat on there just sitting in this bed of roll. If you had that on the side, it would look dumb. I understand, but they don't sell them in the store as lobster rolls. They sell them as hot dog rolls. So why do you need it sliced on the top to put in a self-contained sausage? Because also, 
because then your hot dog is sitting upright and it's easier to get the ketchup on because it's just already sitting upright. It's like when they made those flat bottom taco shells and they didn't fall over anymore. It's like, wow, this is genius right there. Okay. <laughs> they've, uh, they've, they've really got you New Englanders brainwashed about that. Oh my that, God, that is not brainwashing. It's just common sense. If you say so. I mean, so here's the thing. I'd be okay with the hot dog rolls the way that they've made if they didn't just sort of like cop out on the sides of them. These hot dog rolls, like their sides of them are like just like pieces of bread. They the need whole to thing's be more... a piece of bread. No, no. But like when you get a regular hot dog roll, the top of it looks like the top of a bun and the bottom of it looks like the bottom of a bun. I have no patience for these hot dog rolls that basically look like someone crazy glued two pieces of bread together. Like, the sides of it You're look so like weird bread. Sometimes. I'm so weird. I'm not the one eating hot dogs out of a strange looking hot dog roll. <laughs> All right. Did you what? get... I asked you to buy hot dog rolls for potluck on Wednesday. Did you get New England style? What do you think? Or did you get those crazy ones that what everybody you, else eats? I got the normal kind <laughs> that normal people eat. Nah. All right. I got hot dog rolls. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right. Let us turn our attention back to the movie. And let's see. So, Marcy, tell us what you remember about the movie Crimson Tide. Okay. Crimson Tide is a movie about a submarine. Yes. And so it takes place on a submarine the whole entire time. We never come up at all. It's not like that other movie that we just watched. The Hunt for Red October. Where they surface. This is there underwater the whole time. And the... Sort of true. The eye candy situation here um, is all men. There's not a woman on this whole movie. The, the eye candy situation is all men. <laughs> is that how you normally talk about? Like, observing oh, whether men no. are attractive? No, I'm sorry. I was trying to... I was thinking about wardrobe and being like the section of our podcast that we talk about like set and design and that, wardrobe. That is called eye candy. Okay. I'm but just saying it. I That's just like kind of overgeneralized and I skipped a part. The gender of the organisms in this movie proved to be all male. <laughs> yes. So it's only men and they're always in their uniforms. And There actually is one woman in this movie. Maybe two if you count a news reporter. No, the news reporters are male too. I don't believe that. There is. And Actually, you know what? Most there's, I think there's two. Uh, in most of the movie, there's red light that it's filmed in. And so, <laughs> I think you might be confusing this movie with the, the the science fiction horror film Alien by Ridley Scott. Well, it's all in red. It's all in red the whole time, and there's sirens going off a lot of the time because there's a crisis happening. Um, and it, the Gene Hackman character, he locks himself in his um, captain's quarters. <laughs> This is great. The last time we did this, you remembered too much about the movie. This is you're hitting the sweet spot. This is the part I like when we do this podcast with you, where you remember details, but there's just something a little bit off about each one. Okay, keep going. Um, he locks, why, why does he lock himself in his stateroom? He locks himself in the captain's quarters because um, Denzel Washington is trying to kill him. What? <laughs> He's um. Are you sure you're not confusing this with The Silence of the Lambs, which is next well, week's movie? Well, Gene Hackman has a dog. He does. He does. He has a dog. Do you remember what kind? Why don't you take a guess what it's kind a little terrier. 
It it's is. a little like um, Jack Russell. That's very good, Mercy. Right. That's the first fact you've actually gotten completely <laughs> correct so far. And I think, oh, no, I'm wrong. There's a scene. No, it is a Jack Russell too. No, no, I'm wrong about that. I'm right about that. Wrong about there's a scene where Denzel Washington is in a tracksuit and he's running laps in like somewhere in the submarine. Wait, what are you wrong about now? That he there's a, they're not always in their uniforms. That's true. They are not always in their uniforms. He he's in a tracksuit at some point and he's running laps, and there's like a lot of steam that for some reason happens. <laughs> so there's a lot of steam. <laughs> I might be getting a little bit of the Titanic sinking confused in there where like there's not a lot of steam in the movie Titanic where well I feel like but all of Titanic is in red light (laughs) that's not true that's not true I feel like there might be some mechanical difficulties or in some other way that Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman have like this huge fight do you remember the scene where Denzel Washington draws Gene Hackman naked no that's bad <laughs> that's titanic that's sorry titanic. my bad titanic um and why do you think it's the movie is called crimson tide <sighs> you've already determined that there are no women in this movie so it's not for that reason that's rude oh i'm sorry <laughs> um it's also not for like a bacterial infection in the water you're right um, I think it's because Gene Hackman gets killed and he bloodies everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene where his blood is dripping through the grates onto the crew members below. I don't know that that really happened. It doesn't happen. Okay. Um, so I don't know why it's called Crimson Tide. Gene Hackman does get locked in his stateroom, but he doesn't lock himself in his stateroom. <laughs> I don't remember why. Do you want me to correct the things that no. are wrong? Okay. No, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to spoil the surprise. No, I don't You're remember. You're going to be surprised. I don't remember why Gene Hackman <laughs> takes a turn and like Denzel Washington needs to like step in and try and oust him. But there's something... Were you paying attention when I read the IMDb moving summary of the movie? Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Do you want me to read it to you again? No, it was confusing. The pronouns. It was one sentence. (laughs) That's okay. Let's move on. That's what I remember. Anything else? No, I'm going to be very surprised. This this has been... This is a movie that I haven't watched in a long time. And I've also conflated with a lot of other movies, clearly. Clearly. Now, here is a question that I have. Um, Question. Um, my students have just finished a project where they had to research like what it's like to be an astronaut and a lot of them reported um, about food as like being something that they really needed to um, make light and also bring to space and I wonder if there's any restrictions on food that they have on submarines I don't well so I'm not an expert, but I did watch... I mean, I've watched a couple of those shows where they show you, like, here's what it's like. My impression is that the food on a naval ship is pretty great because they realize these people have a pretty rough life. I mean, you know, like, you get on the boat, you go out to sea. By the way, you get on the boat on land, so there may be a couple scenes in this movie that don't take (laughs) place in the boat unless they teleport in there. Um, So... I mean, they, these. How long are they in the water without coming back to a port to restock their food? I mean, for some of these boats, months. That's a question I have. 
So the other fact that I was going to add um, was that one of the interesting things. So I did I did watch a uh, one of those little documentaries one time about what it's like to be on a submarine. And one of the things that's interesting about being on a submarine is because you're underwater all the time, you there's no artificial light. Mm. There's no art. Uh, sorry, there's natural no natural. There's light. no natural light, which means one of the challenges that submarines have is keeping people on a cyclical rhythm. And so one of the things I learned that was interesting is that meal times are actually a way that submarines keep their crew like from keep their crew tethered to like reality and so for example they will serve breakfast at breakfast time and lunch at lunch time and dinner at dinner time even though they could they could serve whatever they want whenever they want you told me this years ago and i shared that with my class and then some of the students did a little research about how that might be part of the routine for astronauts and they found that it's similar but astronauts don't have non-light right if they're in the iss the only time that they're not in contact with the sun would be if they pass behind the earth or behind the moon or something hmm. and they're in the shadow of it but it's like sun is outside the window all the time they must have some way of so they just are on a schedule too but they must have some way of darkening the windows so that they don't have sunlight shining in on them all the time oh sure and like they have those little closets that they sleep in too we should really oh but you've never seen any of the alien movies it's too bad that we can't do one of them for the podcast yeah maybe we can just watch it for fun we could do that too we can watch movies just for fun too yeah all right all right well that's that's great i can't wait to watch this movie with you now (laughs) um let us so this is a momentous occasion as we've now gotten into our seventh movie so it took us it took us seven movies um actually eight movies it took us eight movies to get to the point where we've picked our second movie from the year 1995 oh. and so in in lieu of so for our, our last pre-show segment which is called what happened um in lieu of more increasingly morbid trivia facts about the year oh. 1995 thank you i have a quiz for you about only about movies from 1995. Exciting. So I'm going to I'm going to quiz your encyclopedic knowledge of movies. This is going to go. This is well. sort of like a meta quiz. No, yeah. actually, I think I think these questions are. Most of these questions are pretty simple. I, oh, awesome. I think you should, you should you should you should get most of them. Let's try it. All right, are you pretty ready? Simple quiz. Here you go. So these are all movies from 1995. Question one: Which U.S. president got the Oliver? Listen carefully. Which U.S. president got the Oliver Stone treatment in 1995 in the form of a biographical film with great acting and a wildly conspiratorial script? Kennedy, Reagan, Nixon, or Bush? Nixon. That's correct. Do you remember who played uh, Nixon? I'll give you a hint. He's in our next movie. This one? Gene Hackman? The next next one, Marcy. The next one. What's the The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, uh, Anthony Hopkins? That's right. Really? That's Nixon. Yep. Huh. All right. Good. You're off to a good start. Question two. The City of Lost Children is a wonderful exotic visual treat brought to you by the directing combo of Mark Caro and which director of the popular 2001 film, Amelie? Is it Gilles Adrien, Jean-Pierre Junet, Judith Vitae, or Genevieve Brunet? I think maybe the second one. You're right. 
Jean-Pierre Genet. Um, they should have this person write the IMDb summaries. They you're, have very like nice language. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. Although these are questions. These aren't actual summaries. But no, you know what? Here's the next one. And it's got a summary in it. And you should get this one right too. Directed by Brian Singer and drawn from a script written by Christopher McQuarrie, this film has reached legendary cult status. The story revolves around five petty criminals selected for a mysterious job by a quirky lawyer. They soon find themselves in over their heads as they become the quarry of a notorious giant of the underworld. What is the title of this film? Is it The Promise, Before the Rain, The Usual Suspects, or Unstrung Heroes? Oh, The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects. I thought it might have been Reservoir Dogs for a little bit of that, but... Yeah... Do you know I don't that think, was I don't think my... the, I don't think the characters in Reservoir Dogs become the quarry of a notorious no, giant of the underworld. That's where it, Do you know that was one of my favorite movies for a while? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember much about it now. Ah, <laughs> uh, well we could do that for the podcast. Yeah. Although I don't remember that much of it either. Yeah. Cuz I think I've only seen it once. Mr. Pink. Is Mr. Pink that's the C. Buscemi character, yes. right? Yeah. Which which one is Michael Madsen? Is he Mr. Blonde? The guy mm, who cuts the ear off the yes. cop? Yes. I think that's Mr. Blonde. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. Question four. You are three for three. I told you you'd do well. Mm. One of the most unsung films of 1995 was this independent production directed by Wayne Wang that's essentially a mosaic of stories about the lives of various patrons of a tobacco shop. What is the title of this fine film? Is it Close But No Cigar, Coffee and Cigarettes, Smoke, or 100 Cigarettes? A smoke, but I don't. You're right. Yeah, this because he's the only one that I thought was something. Oh, I've heard of coffee and cigarettes. I've heard of a hundred cigarettes too. I haven't I seen haven't, any of them. I haven't heard those. All right, here you go. Do you think you could get all of these questions right? This Who would knows? be amazing. That would be. Here you go. Question five. There's ten questions total. What 1995 film with a single name title brought together a cast that included Robert De Niro, Al Pacino? Val Kilmer and John Voight, all directed skillfully by Michael Mann. Is it love, anger, death, or heat? Heat. That's right. Here we go. Um, question six. Oh, this is a huge spoiler. Well, all right. Um, spoilers now for the movie Seven. Skip ahead about a minute or two if you don't want to find out. In the movie Seven, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt play two police detectives going after a serial killer whose MO apparently is to murder people using a Seven Deadly Sins theme. Who portrays the sadistic killer in this artsy thriller? A. Tom, you've seen Seven, right? Just a, once. A. Tom Sizemore. B. Kevin Spacey. C. Gary Oldman. Or C. Crispin Glover. Oh, I don't know. Gary Oldman. Oh, first, no. first mistake. It's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I thought uh, that he was actually my, won. He won the Oscar. For that it. was my first guess, but then I thought oh, I don't know that he was in that movie. He was. Wait, he actually maybe he won that. Kevin Spacey. He won the Oscar. So he won the Oscar for another movie that. What was his role in that? In Seven? Yeah. He's the killer. Who yeah. portrays the oh. sadistic killer? Yeah, okay. Um, I just didn't remember John the whole Doe. sentence. But that he is so creepy in so many ways. In that movie or just in general? As in, we've discovered later, kind of in general. but Yeah, but I mean, like, in his acting, like, he just has a way about him. Do you like that scene where he walks into the police station covered in blood and says. Detective! You're looking for me. I don't remember that. <laughs> the blood is comes from three different people. Oh, gross. 
So I guess we're not going to watch that for the podcast. No, I don't remember enough about that Too at all. bad. I love that movie. That movie is great. Hmm. Um, yes, he is. He's very creepy in that movie. Um, what is your feeling about... So as, as, a, as a small tangent... What is your feeling now on the works of Kevin Spacey? Do you feel like... This is a conversation that we've struggled with before. Have we had this conversation on the podcast? No, but okay, it's like so if somebody has done something bad... He's been canceled by Hollywood and most of mainstream society. Are you allowed to still enjoy that art? And we, when we talked about it the last time, you know, I made mention that there's so many other people that are involved in this work than this one person. And so... But I don't think those people will will be affected anymore by whether you choose to watch or not watch the movie 7. Right. It's not like the key grip is getting residuals. Yeah. I don't know. It's challenging. Because there's some things that these people have done that are just so amazing. Do you think the quality of what someone has done should affect whether or not you get to watch it if you find out that they're a horrible person? The Cosby show was pretty great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. It's complicated. I don't think I have a good answer either. Yeah. I mean, I like those things. I'd like to be able to watch House of Cards or Seven or yeah. The Usual Suspects. I don't know. I guess it's more, well, is it about how you feel about yourself supporting them? Because no one's really going to know unless you tell them, like, hey, I watched Seven. I guess part of my feeling about this is, like, we haven't done full background checks on every single person in Hollywood. And we're probably watching a lot of things that contain people who have done really horrible, heinous things in their lives. And we just don't realize it yet. I don't know that that's a good reason why. Like, that's like saying, well, just because some people have done it means that you should ignore the people some people might have done it means that you should ignore that you should ignore the fact that some people have actually done really horrible things I don't know it's complicated I don't know either. it's complicated but I do like the movie 7 alright speaking of 7 here's question 7 mm, this one's pretty tough another independent film that slipped under the radar this one was directed by Jim Jarmusch and featured Johnny Depp as an accountant who finds himself in a desperate situation after he's involved in the killing of two people in an Old West backwater town. What is the title of this quirky, sometimes comical, sometimes profound film? Wow. Oh, sorry. It's multiple choice. Is it Down by Law, Unstrung Heroes, Dead Man, or A Summer's Tale? Unstrung Heroes? Dead Man. Dead Man. I have nothing to add to that. I don't particularly care for Johnny Depp. I think you in know anything? that. He well, we've had this conversation before that he and Mary Louise Parker have a quality about them that um, I find hard to connect to in the audience. It's like they're loose in their bodies. Did you ever see the movie Benny and June? Yeah, a long time ago. Is that the one where they have the mother that's um, so large that she can't come out of the house? I think that's that What's Eating Gilbert, Gilbert Grape. Grape. Um, Benny and June is the one where he's he's got some sort of mental issue and there's a woman who's got some sort of mental issue and yeah. they befriend each other in an, yeah. as, in an asylum, I think. And then yeah. I might be misremembering it. 
Yeah. We I might have to do that as a reverse pond episode. I don't remember that one very well. Either. Well, we won't do it as a reverse pond then. Well, these questions got harder. Yeah. All right. Question eight. Cyclo. That's the title. Wow. Is a wonderful character-driven film directed by An Hung Tran. Though the film was produced in France, the story is based in which country? A. Thailand. B. Cambodia. C. Korea. Or D. Vietnam. Vietnam. That's right. That's right. I, I have nothing to add after that, although I think that you could probably guess that from the name. All right, question nine. Okay, so I think this one might put you back on more solid ground. One of the best films of 1995, or any year for that matter, that's in the question, that's not me edit- editorializing, is Dead Man Walking, the true story of a nun named Helen Prejean who comforts a condemned killer named Matthew Poncelet during the final days of his life. That's Sean Penn, Which right? actress... Ah, you're answering the wrong question. Which actress portrayed Prejean in an Oscar-winning performance? Who played the nun? Is it Meryl Streep, Sissy Spacek, Glenn Close, or Susan Sarandon? Oh, man. And it's Sean Penn. I want Sean to Penn say does play Susan the dead man Sarandon. walking. You're right. Very and good. And didn't they meet on there? Or they were married? Or are they together? No. Good. You are... You're thinking of Tim Robbins, who met Susan Sarandon on the set of the movie Bull Durham. I saw that movie. I thought it was incredible. Dead Man Walking? Yeah. I've never seen that. Wow. I've heard it's good. Yeah. If I have to watch a movie about a person behind bars who gets befriended by someone on the outside, I'd rather watch In the Name of the Father. What's that one about? The one where Daniel Day-Lewis plays an Irish... Irish guy is suspected of... No, he's suspected of setting a bomb. Oh. He's in jail for a long time. He and his dad. Hmm. All right, last one. This is this is not multiple choice unless you want me to make it multiple choice for you. This is a... this is You have to know the answer for this. Last but certainly not least, we have the epic film Braveheart. Ed, uh, this is parenthetical comment. Oh, no, it's not. The film won the Best Picture Oscar that year and also won an Oscar for its director. Who is the director of Braveheart? Is it Mel Gibson? It is Mel Gibson. He starred and directed the film? He did. You did very well on that quiz, Marcy. I think you got... That felt better to me than those other quizzes that we've taken. That so, were maybe so we should maybe we should do movie quizzes from now on. Or pop culture, not politics and okay. football. That's, that's, that's Excessive good. amounts of football. Anything else for, any, anything else for our show planning meeting? <laughs> no? You're all good? All right. Well... That is the end of our pre-show segments. We're going to go watch a... Oh, and eat food. We're going to go watch this epic slasher film, Crimson Tide, <laughs> and see how much of Gene Hackman's blood gets Hacked. spilled. Uh, I'll give you a hint. There is some blood in this movie, but it's it not dogs? It's not Gene Hackman's. They don't hurt the dog, do they? They do not hurt the dog. All right. So, uh, thank you, fair listeners. We will see you on the other side.